Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toda Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of WestminsterEffects.com. Go buy stuff for your guitar at WestminsterEffects.com. I'm just butchering this. Never mind. Join the discussion, the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge. Get a coupon code. Make sure you share the show, Facebook and Instagram. And thanks for everybody, or to everybody who participated in the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. Thanks for helping me pay bills. I'm joined in person by... Hey folks, it's Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. And via the interwebs with his face full of bagel. No doubt. Hey everybody, John Ross here, Westminster FX artist, Augsburgian Christian, and, uh, and just haven't been myself lately from Lincoln, Nebraska. I haven't been your. Is, is, does this relate to your new title? I, you know, it it, it does. It's uh, it's kind of a, a lofty thing. Um, I am I am happy to announce that finally, and I posted this in in the Facebook group. But uh, thanks to just yes, thanks you for, to my friend Josiah Yankee, uh, who wrote a letter to the governor to get this taken care of. I am now an admiral. In the great navy of the state of Nebraska, so hey, if I may, fireworks and whatnot in the I background. Know. If I may, I'll read my commission on on the air here. It won't take long. Know ye? Oh, sorry, sorry. To all who shall see these pre, these presents, presents, whatever greetings. Know ye that reposing special trust and confidence in the patriotism, valor, fidelity, and abilities of John Ross, and knowing you to be a good person and a loyal friend and counselor, I have nominated you and do appoint you an admiral in the great navy of the state of Nebraska. You are therefore called to diligently discharge the duties of admiral by doing and performing all manner of things thereto belonging. And I do strictly charge and require all officers, seamen, tadpoles, and goldfish under your command to be obedient to your orders as admiral. And you are to observe and follow from time to time such directions as you shall receive according to the rules and discipline of the great Navy of the state of Nebraska. This commission to continue in force during the period of your good behavior and at the pleasure of the chief admiral of the great Navy of the state of Nebraska, given under my hand in the city of Lincoln, state of Nebraska, the second day of November, 2021 in the year of our Lord, Pete Ricketts, governor. So I was expecting you to choke up at some of that, but. No man, I uh, I had my uh, I had my moments. Uh, I had my moment. I mean, I I called you when when you brought it by. I I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Um. But you know, I I did a little bit more more digging. So I it is it is the state's civic, like high civic honor thing. But I did a little bit of uh, reading on the backstory, and apparently, I in the early 1900s, maybe 1920s, um, the governor was sick or something. And yeah, imagine that. And um, the lieutenant governor had to step up. And so while the lieutenant governor was in place, he was like, "Yeah, I'm only here for a week. I want to do something fun." So he grabbed all of his friends and he made them admirals in the great state navy of of Nebraska, or the the navy of the great state of Nebraska. And uh, it was just like 
hey, this is what I did for you. I mean, it's like it's something cool a politician could do, not just like you know under the table, you know, tax credits or something. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so it became a tradition, and so I uh, um, I'm joined in my esteem by uh, by such others as Johnny Carson, Queen Elizabeth II, uh, and uh, and others. I think Bono maybe too. <laughs> you know, I I honestly thought that you had a boat. Nope. That's why you talked about you being a, se- a sexy boat captain. Is that you, you? You liked boating or something like that? Was a I do? Like I do. Nautical navigation. No, I, I enjoy it. I grew, I grew up on the river. I always loved those little, you know, Captain Tats and, and everything. But uh, yeah, I'm not stupid. I don't own a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, oh, I thought about it. I this thought about a picture of you, like behind the the wheel of a ship. Like, oh yeah, because if I had a boat, it, it would have a flying bridge, and I'd be like, like the what is that? From Sound of Music, the yeah. the the admiral next door, you know, you know, has him and that little slave boy. He dances around to ring the bells and swab the swab the roof and whatnot. But we'll defend that shoreline in Nebraska. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, I think the uh, the Missouri River uh, is uh, is safe in my hands. <laughs> I have no transition for that. Let's just jump in. <laughs> Ahoy. There is no possible transition for that. <laughs> Ahoy, matey. There you go. There we go. So, uh, in our Inquisition post this week, Matthew Winter asked a question that's just going to become our main topic today. And he asks, do you ever get burned out on scripture, theology, ecclesiology, apologetics, etc.? When and if you do, how do you stay healthily engaged in the things of God while still trying to allow your brain to cope with the burnout? I went too, ha- too hard, and now I'm burned out. Not on God, but on delving deep and all that kind of stuff. What should I do? Not everybody at once. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting on John. John's John hadn't been on in a couple episodes. I was going to let you roll. Oh, I see. No, I'm also a face full of bagel and looking at work stuff on the side too. So, by the way, by the way, best best bagel combination is uh, is blueberry bagel with jalapeno cream cheese. If you mm. haven't tried it, so try it. so step one to Matthew Winter: eat a bagel. Yes, that's Start I mean, there. Yeah. Um. I guess, like, what's the source of the burnout? I mean, okay, diving diving deep into in theology and doctrine and systematics and so on and so forth. Sure. Um, but what about that is causing burnout? Because it's never just the, the thing. It's what does the thing do? Does it affect your relationship with others? I mean, are you, you know, are you, uh, are you like hyper cage stage? And just like screaming at random people about the doctrines of th- salvation or, <laughs> or, or whatnot, um, is it is it affecting time with uh, um, with uh, with children or or spouse or family or what have you? I mean, what what is it of that of the item that is actually causing the burnout, or 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 what are things that you can address as part of it? Um, I mean, it's like, you know, I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago that, that I, uh, taking an extended leave of absence, um, from my role at the church, uh, because honestly, I 
went too hard and I burned out. I was doing so much stuff. Work was getting so crazy. You know, as, as you all know, you know, not, I'm not on the show that often anymore. Um, and the last thing I wanted to do, you know, in the middle of the week was, was pick up a guitar and, and play because it, it turned into, into work. And so the thing of, it wasn't that I, that I lacked uh, passion for worship or lacked uh, interest in, in, in the music or in, in the gear or in whatever it may be, or in the relationships. It was that I was doing so much that it turned into another job. And that, that is what burned me out of it. So, you know, for me, taking a step back, reevaluating, you know, how best to integrate that part of my life again is, is my solution to, you know, finding that burnout. But, you know, it's difficult with something like study, for instance, um, like what, what part of, of that has, uh, I mean, is it because you've gotten too cynical? You know, have, have you gone, have you gone down the path of being, um, you know, highly, highly critical uh, when you read maybe a, a theologian with a differing viewpoint or, or something along those lines. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be my line of questioning. I, I don't know. I think that's far from an answer, but that's my line of questioning at least. Hmm. <clears throat> Bradley, you get paid to think about this kind of stuff. How about you chime in next? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> grief. you know, <clears throat> the, um, this this studying theology doctrine um you know even even down to things like leading worship playing guitar on a worship team what i do i teach pretty much every sunday um all of those things in and of themselves can and will lead to burnout if we lose sight this is this is my theory if we lose perspective on all of those things have to be rooted i think in two things maybe three that kind of relate to one another um relationship with god Mm -hmm. which includes worship and genuine glad-hearted affection right like if, if you're if you're studying jonathan edwards or you're reading zwingli or you're 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 diving deep into theology, into doctrine, um, wrestling with the doctrines of grace or, or whatever it might be. If you're, if you're doing all of that stuff and it's not, you know, ultimately, foundationally, fundamentally flowing out of worship, affection, devotion, you're going to burn out. And, yep. I, and I think, honestly, I would even go so far to say it, that the pursuit of those things apart from worship and devotion and affection is, is pointless. Yep. It, it doesn't lead you anywhere other than right. you've got information that I think will become stale and stagnant if it's not nurtured in a rhythm of affection and devotion. I think of Revelation 2, where when Jesus instructs John to write to the church at Ephesus, he says, I know your works. I know your toil. You don't put up with false doctrine. Um, it, all these things that they're doing, they're doing well, mm. but I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had for me at first. And so he, 
it, you know, that to me is an indication that Jesus is not interested in a an obligatory, um, affectionless relationship with us, where yes. we just check boxes. So the, the question would then be, well, what does he instruct them to do, right? Like if, if, if that's his problem with them is they're doing all the right things, but they have no love, what should we do? The interesting thing is he says, go back and do the works you did at first. What are, what are the first things in your relationship with me? And I think, I think about my relationship with my wife. I talk about this in premarital counseling every time we do it, is help a couple identify what their first things are. You, you remember that yep. with you and Kristen, is yep. that if you're going to nurture affection, I mean, Mary and I can go through life remaining committed to one another and, and checking all the boxes of life. The kids are taken care of, the bills are paid, the house is clean, the grass is cut. We, we've gone to work. Uh, we've met all our obligations. We've done all the right things. Nobody's cheated on anybody. Nobody's, you know, angry at anybody. We've just, we're doing all the right things, but we have no affection. And, mm -hmm. and that's where it's important for us to go back to like date nights, you know, pursuing my wife, courting my wife, even though we've been married almost 23 years. It's, it's a, if in my relationship with the Lord, I have to worship like it, it is a, it is essential. If I don't, if I spend all my time reading theology books and wrestling with doctrine and I, I it never is anchored to worship or leading to worship, I'm going to burn out. Right. And right. I, yeah. I think that is the, that, that when, when people talk about burnout, I think it's it's very similar to a couple that comes in to see me and you know again on the surface they're doing all the right things but there's just no love there's no affection mm -hmm. and and suddenly what you find out is they have done nothing to tend that garden in their life and relationship they've just been checking all the boxes and I think burnout spiritually burnout in ministry is many times an indicator that that's what we're doing. That's why I have to take sabbaticals. It's like, I, I need to just strip all the obligations of ministry away for a season and just focus on my love for Christ uh, and let that fuel my pursuit of theology, doctrine, growing in the grace and knowledge, serving other people, teaching, leading worship, whatever. Right. You when you have those first things, it necessarily results in joy, right? Absolutely. Uh, and it also results in treating those things, even though you're working, you work restfully. Right. Which, which sounds contradictory, but I mean, <clears throat> read the book of Hebrews and you'll get what I'm mm -hmm. talking about. There, there is a rest in all of these things, even though you're pushing that hard. Uh, I think there's also uh, some situational awareness that needs to happen sometimes. Uh, for instance, uh, when I have trade shows coming up, I'm not reading Calvin, <laughs> right? I'm not reading the densest thing on the planet. Uh, the last time I needed a break, I read uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe a couple months ago, mm -hmm. right? And, it's, and it allowed my brain in terms of what I was ingesting to reset. And even over the weekend, with it being Thanksgiving weekend, I didn't really listen to a whole lot of podcasts. Mm. I listened to Morning Wire to get some news in the morning, and that was it. Right. Mm. It, other than that, it was, hey, let's listen to some music, mm. uh, particularly that Wolves at the Gay Christmas song. Mm. Uh, not quite on repeat, but 
<laughs> right but uh i think that's good yeah I, like it, it, it read you know the the phrase read the room comes up R- read yourself mm-hmm. like are you exhausted is your brain fried adapt accordingly you know brian my pastor has encouraged me to read fiction i don't read fiction very often at all yeah i i struggle with fiction but he's encouraged me to read fiction to let my brain rest. I think that's a good. I think yeah. that's a good thing. If, if, you know, choose good fiction, but right. Don't, don't read trash. Yeah. Don't read the Harlequin romance romance yeah. novels. <laughs> <laughs> read read good things. You know, Narnia or what have you. Uh, maybe if if you're trying to rest, maybe Lord of the Rings isn't <laughs> isn't the best fiction. Because yeah, that, you know that's that's my challenge with uh, like the the type of of uh, fictional literature I prefer is. Uh, it's hard sci-fi, so it's it's a lot of facts and figures and numbers and data uh, interspersed in the story. It's not a very relaxing thing, but it is enjoyable. Anyways, um, you know, I've I've got three shelves next to us next to us here, and and they're chock full of uh, uh, they're they're chock full of theology texts. The uh, last time I cracked one open was to help me understand a. Uh, um, help me understand a, a, a part of church tradition. Like, you know, my, my collegiate background is, is in theology. And, uh, even, even then I, you know, I wasn't reading them every day. Um, but I wonder if we can draw a parallel between reading the great theologians and church fathers to observing church tradition in such a perfect way um, that uh, that it makes you almost a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 overwhelming sense of piety for the sake of piety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being. Uh, you know, being brought up in in the Lutheran Church, I mean, we are steeped in in tradition, um, and I think that's a you know that's a, a large difference between the 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 Lutheran and the, and the Reformed sides. Um, even doctrines aside, is that both have history, um, but the Lutheran side retained a lot of those a lot of those old older church Roman traditions as as part of of our uh, collective liturgy, and so I used to take pride. And, uh, and it was still kind of do, uh, but not like gloating pride, more, more of a just a, a pleasedness um, of having you know this creed, that creed memorized, you know Luther's explanations to these creeds me- memorized, you know knowing all the liturgy, knowing what page of the hymnals they were found on, knowing you know knowing all the facts and figures, right? And that's what I took pride in. I, I took pride in in the accidents, but not the substance. And I wonder if that's a risk yeah. that uh, oh yeah that we that we could draw a parallel to that uh, you know even if you know you're even if you don't have a, a canticle or chant to memorize. I mean, if you were if you're reading through power and primacy of the Pope, just so you can say you've read through the power the treatise on the power and the primacy of the Pope. <laughs> like, 
Well, in all honesty, like it's, and I think all three of us have would, you know, admit to being imbalanced in that way in some way before. Of right? course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's easy to do in our current American Christian culture where everything is so vapid. Right. And so, and so when you do find some substance, there's, there is the cage stage, right? Where, except for Bradley, because he's apparently perfect in that regard where he never went through the cage stage. Uh, I think it's related to hair, honestly. (laughs) Just the the math. The more cage stage you are. Right. I think Uh, the math works out that way. You know, there's the cage stage where you want, you just want to let everybody know like, Hey, there's, there's a really good steak over here. Right, mm-hmm. as opposed to the cotton candy that you've been eating for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the cage stage, but there's also uh, kind of in between what you could call uh, what I've seen on memes, at least the cage stage and the sage stage, <laughs> where where you're seasoned enough to where you're not really in the cage anymore. You're not freaking out and you're not super boastful, but there is that time in between where you just think you're better than everybody, mm-hmm. right? Which is easy to fall <laughs> into. Yeah, and and I think that a risk in this is, and it does come back to motivations a bit, um, is if we're trying to do like, if in our heart of hearts, our motivation for doing something is to glean um, the approval of others, right? You know, we've talked about this when it comes to like gear and stuff, right? It's like. You know why? Why do you need um, you know eight Strymon pedals and you know just like, features you'll never ever ever use, um, or you know a custom hand wired this or that or or the other thing? Is it because do you see the benefits there, or is it because you want to impress people on Instagram or you want to impress people on Facebook? Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I think honestly, it can be the the same things. You know, are you are you reading? Um, the church fathers uh, to garner a better, deeper understanding, um, you know, of the confession of the church. Are you learning and memorizing the liturgy to help you in your own personal worship to have that liturgy be a liturgy of the heart, or are you doing it so you can tell others, "Look at how great I am"? Because if it's if it's the latter, you'll never be satisfied. Ever, 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 ever. I remember when I was a kid. In, in I mean, this was like in uh, in like summer daycare, right? You know, when school was out of session, my parents were were working, and summer daycare at Zion Lutheran Church in Clinton, Iowa. Um, I uh, I took apart a calculator because I thought that was cool, right? And I took apart a calculator <laughs> at, at home. I took apart a calculator at home, and I saw the solar panel, and you know, you could put your finger over it and pull it off, and then. Um, you know, you could, uh, uh, then switch it around and wouldn't do anything, but you could take the solar panel and you can move it to a different, you know, do, do it to where the batteries would go and it would still work because the voltages were the same. And I was like, this is so cool. Um, and I, I bet other people would think I were cool if I brought, you know, a broken calculator <laughs> to, uh, to daycare to, sh- to show them, uh, to show them this. And, you know, of course not. They're like, why the heck you break a calculator? It's stupid. You know, it's because I I wanted to positively affect the view the the the, the viewpoint or, or or the stature that I have in others' eyes. And if that's what we're if that's what we're going down when when we keep our nose in theology books, right? If if the goal 
is to make ourselves so pious and so religious that we assume that people are going to be like, wow, look at him. We've lost the plot. The whole point of, of Scripture, and, and as it's exposited in all of these theology books, except for a couple that I keep on hand uh, for, uh, you know, uh, humor reasons. Uh, the, the whole point <laughs> is the name of the podcast, Doxology to the Glory of God. Mm-hmm. Nothing we do should point to us. Yep. It should benefit those around us and always point to Christ. Oh. I don't know. There you have it. Read a different book. Jesus still loves you. <laughs> but don't go cagey on that book either. Because then. Just don't go then, cagey anyway. Right. Just don't do it. Right. We need shirts. Anything else, Bradley? We need shirts about that. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think Jesus, when asked, what's the greatest commandment? He quotes from Deuteronomy and says, love the Lord your God with all your, your heart, your soul, and your strength. I mean, I think, you know, <clears throat> I, I agree with what John said. I mean, if, if our focus is loving him and glorifying him in our joy in him, then I'd I think that's a a fairly we can be fairly confident that we're not going to burn out. I think I think we'll you know it, I don't think that I said this the other Sunday that you know a relationship with God is um, it, it's not a devotional selfie every day. You know when you see mm-hmm. the people they mm-hmm. post a picture of themselves with their Bible open, their coffee and a fire and beautiful scenery and, and it's like you know i think i think that's an effort to get attention it's, it's like exercise selfies it drives me crazy when people do this and they, yeah. they start a new exercise program and for about two weeks they're taking selfies of themselves every morning when they do their morning run oh i just finished my morning run and it's like just just exercise because that's good for you we'll just go ahead and acknowledge that bradley just called out my wife but <laughs> <laughs> did not call out your wife <laughs> no 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 okay okay so Here, with, you know what here's the deal here's the difference right. Kristen exercises all the time yes okay i'm talking about people that are that they're they're just incredibly inconsistent with everything yep, 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 yep. right there's a there's a difference i mean mm-hmm. if if social media can either represent our true selves or what we want to be our true self. And I think that becomes clear over mm-hmm. the course of time, yep. right? So if you, if, if your cage stays Calvinist or if your cage stage theology nerd in general, um, it's going to come to bear. Like you're, you're going it, to, it, it's going to be clear whether or not all your passion and excitement is rooted in a love for God and a desire to bring him glory, or it's just rooted in, Hey, I, I, I'm smart and I, I know this now and I see this now. And, and that, that's, a, that's a fleeting passion as opposed to a lasting one. That's the difference between Kristen and, and, and the folks that turn over a new leaf every January yep. with their fitness or their Bible reading or they're going to stop drinking so much alcohol or they're going to this or they're going to that. Is, is they don't have a good root motivation. And I think burnout is... And, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't want to sound too um, critical here because I have been burnt out recently. Yeah. Recently, I've been burnt mm-hmm. out. 
And I had to be willing to admit that my core affections had gotten off and needed to be reset. Right. Yep. And, 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 and then you hit reset and you came back with a ton more energy. Exactly. So everybody has to do that. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like I'm on some sort of soapbox and anything like that. I hope I haven't come across that way. Nope. But anyway, no, I mean, I, I think this is just, this is just the, the banter of people who have, who have been through burnout and have, have, uh, you know, have taken, taken a, a deep look at, at the why, because we burnt out of things that we cared so deeply for. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that, that's certainly me with, with worship music, right. Is, uh, is, is I adore it. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even the corny stuff, uh, everything but mercy me and Lauren Daigle. I love and for King country <laughs> and a few others, <laughs> but most, most all of it. I, I, you know, and I did a funeral the other day where somebody wanted to be rolled out to Happy Dance by Mercy Me. Oh, good grief. <laughs> Just put him in the furnace already. <laughs> I don't know. I won't say that. anything else. I'm just stating fact. Let's go to the Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> And this is the Inquisition, where you give us our questions via a weekly post in the Westminster Effects Toxology Podcast Lounge, and we in turn do a happy dance to the tune of Mercy. No. As is tradition, <laughs> as is tradition, we start with Brian Morris, who asks, "What's on your Christmas list?" Hmm. I actually world, world peace, like the Miss America world. Okay, peace, does not count. Oh, I was gonna say, Cody, is that your answer? No, <laughs> I was like, world peace would be a given. I'm like, oh, here yeah. he comes. Uh, well, I got a, I got a relatively nice bike helmet on the nice, list that nice. I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get. I already got the, uh, the upgraded putter from my dad, so I don't have to use the one that looks like it's from Frankie. No, man, uh, I love that putter. Yeah, you love it because it's funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he just, you know, totally hot or like stole a putter from, from some a putt 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 course, place. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I would love not to look like an absolute joke when I use my golf clubs. So like, yeah, <laughs> that'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, upgraded bike helmet. I'm pretty excited about that because I just got a cheap one to start with a year ago and mm. it's too heavy. It's too heavy for longer rides. Fellers. Mm. You know, Micah actually asked me this this morning. He's like, you know, what do I have for Christmas? And, you know, I told him, I was like, Micah, I don't really, I mean, I don't need anything. I don't, I don't, I don't need a, a pedal or strings or new tool or, or, um, you know, any of that stuff. And I told him, you know, the things that mean the most to me are things that are, uh, that, that speak to others' investment in who I am and what I like. And he was like, oh, okay. Like almost relieve some pressure, but then I was thinking, I was like, you know what? It's like I, you know, I grind, I, I grind my bean, my coffee beans fresh every day, right? And I brew it in, uh, um, you know, sometimes Chemex, sometimes French press, uh, you know, sometimes drip, and I was like, but it never gets to like that coffee shop drip machine. Like, there's something there, right? And I'm using, I'm, you know, I, I do everything the right way. And uh, so I'm like, may- maybe there's something to be like, 
you know, you can't just get by with Mr. Coffee. Like you got to go to the next level. So maybe, maybe a, a re- you know, really nice drip coffee maker would be cool. But hmm. um, other than that, uh, you know, it's um, the the gifts that mean the most to me are, are things that speak to to uh, to to who who I am. Um, like uh, you know, a number of uh, or like the, the admiralty thing, right? Like like that just showed, that showed such investment in uh, in in not only something that we the three of us have done together, um, but a running joke. And you know, it was it was a riot. But you know, a number of years ago, um, my uh, uh, my wife bought me an Oscar Schmidt Delta uh, Delta King. It's like a uh, it's like a three thirty five uh, sort of style, um, and it was you know it wasn't an awesome gift because hey new guitar it was an awesome gift because it was an expression of her appreciation in the in in, in her value in me and my investment in then in that hobby right or or my passion for that hobby so that's my stuff that's my that's my john shtick. just took the high road there uh, Bradley, are you going to be a little more vain for us? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Six pack of Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need. No, we're, we're going to Disney World. We're taking the kids. Uh, oh, nice. We leave January 10th. And so mo- all that we've not, it's not going to be total. Like there's my, maybe a present or two to open, but we've just asked for parents grandparents whatever to give money towards that the kids well, yeah when you're paying same. 12 dollars for a dole whip <laughs> for real exactly <laughs> but it you know we went in 2017 was the last time we went um and just it was just such good family time mm-hmm. um and they've got the whole new star wars thing which my my kids love star wars so we're we're gonna go and walk 40,000 steps a day and I'm going <laughs> to complain about the crowds, but we're going to have some really good time with our kids. So that other than, you know, I got, I think Mary talked me into ordering myself some new running shoes, uh, which probably a good. Call. I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I am not a present guy. I yeah. don't, I don't yeah. give gifts well. And I'm pretty much the same. You know, I would rather somebody, call me and say, Hey, I want to take you to lunch or, you know, like that to me was, I don't know. That's just the way I am. Yeah. Next question from James Quinn. Are you an old earth or young earth guy? And does the age of the earth matter in the long run in apologetics? So personally, this, this might be where we all disagree a little bit. I am an old earth creation guy uh, from natural revelation and from the text i think uh but i don't think that the age of the earth matters for apologetics i think whether adam and eve existed matters in apologetics if you don't have adam and eve being historical figures you got real big real big problems well yeah yeah Uh, the doctrine of original sin and and right but whether the earth is a billion years old or six thousand years old apologetically whether all of these things happened i don't think is the big deal Hmm. i mean i i I think i would agree with you i think you know i i might tend to say old earth young humanity sure yeah um like that would be my because i i i fully agree that adam and eve if you if you 
if they cease to be real figures, then that unravels not just eschatology, but it unravels Paul, a huge chunk of Paul's argument in Romans yep. about the gospel. Right. So um, I think that's, I would tend to say old earth, young humanity. You know, and, and I'm going to be uh, uh, inclined to uh, to really to really say say the same, if not you know similar. Um, so it's interesting. This came up uh, just uh, just Sunday afternoon. I was helping Lars, our our sound guy at the church, uh, move a couch, and uh, oh, uh, you know the 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 official doctrine of the LCMS is is young Earth, young Earth creationism. Um, and that's mostly derived from the usage of the word yam uh, to describe day um, in uh, in the Pentateuch, right? Mm-hmm. And so yam doesn't refer to the concept of day, it refers to the length of time of a day. Uh, and that's where that usually gets to. And, and Lars brought up, it's like, hey, you know, you know, a couple of weeks ago in one of his sermons, he kind of just glossed over it because it wasn't really the point, but... Um, you know, he said, you know, Earth six six thousand years older or something like that. And ours was like, I just I just don't think I can get on board with that. Like I don't like sure, you know, I, I agree that, you know, if if God saw fit to um to create us a old earth in mm-hmm. six days, well that's fine. But we don't really see anything that but we also really don't see um the opposite so we're kind of having to juxtapose a scriptural revelation with natural revelation and uh and and i absolutely agree about the uh, about the apologetics uh piece i mean the uh how, how creation uh, played out is certainly a, a secondary issue uh but uh i mean adam and eve man and the woman that is 100% uh, uh, is, is one of the foundations of, um, of the entire salvation narrative uh, yep. throughout Scripture. So we can't really gloss over that. But yeah, I would be inclined to, to say Old Earth, uh, old earth as well. Um, I just, I, I don't, but I'm not a Hebrew scholar, and so I can't, I can't dissect the usage of, of Yom in, in mm-hmm. that and so there is part of me that's like yeah but maybe you know so when i hear you know millions of whatever like i mean okay like i'm not i'm not gonna be offended by you know national geographic saying the earth is you know however billion years old uh because i can also either way i can i can i can grasp in my head that God in his wisdom and his sovereignty has created something that is very old. Sure. That is very new. So I, I can, I, mean, I can go both ways, but I, I think just cognitively, I, I, I kind of err on the side of, of old earth. Yeah. Uh, creator in the cosmos by Hugh Ross, really good book. Go mm. look it up. Um, lots of nerd dumb and lots of exponential figures. Mm. So, Mm. Uh, last question from Casey Starnes. We'll end on a fun one. If Bradley got really into electric guitar and asked you to build him a pedal board, what would you put on it? <laughs> Ooh. Well, Bradley, if you got really into electric guitar, what would you be playing on that electric guitar? Um, 
Well, give us some, my, give, per, my, give. my personality and playing style, I think, would tend towards uh, power chords, power stance, <laughs> lots and lots of dirty, like in your face kind of like I like I think if I was into electric guitar, I would probably be into metal. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, yeah, if, if, if that would be more how I play. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've played with me long enough to know how I play. You, you describe yourself as a banger. I'm a banger. I yeah. like I like banger. <laughs> I don't okay. ha- I don't want to have to think about. Yeah, don't go <clears throat> too far with that. I don't no. I don't want to have to think about like so many nuances and fingering. I just want I want a big power chord that I can strum the heck out of. Yeah, and so, then make a nice. Okay, so, maybe, so maybe first thing, of, like, noise gate. Mid- yeah, noise, noise gate. Yeah, definitely noise, noise gate. gate. Uh, so maybe we're talking more mid two thousands pop punk. Newfound Glory, Blink-182, Reliant K, that kind of stuff. It's could, a bunch of power chords. Yeah, I could dig it. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe an Osteen Distortion set on lower gain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a chorus pedal. The Chris uh, Awesome comes to mind for the clean tones. For the, yeah, for the clean stuff. I mean, if we're limiting ourselves to, to you know the, the Westy things, uh, E89 V2 stacked. Is uh, is one of my favorite uh, is one of my yeah. favorite drive tones or for, the physician chords or the physician 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 isn't it, it doesn't have that same sparkle to it though it's uh, but it, it but it's it's not as blizzard of nailsy um, it's it's more of a it's more of a creamy high gain um, <laughs> blizzard of nail it doesn't get the Swedish uh, black pedal chainsaw tone right like the by the way too. complete segue amazon music a few weeks ago um presented to me based upon your listening and it was uh a scandinavian metal praise oh my gosh it's great it's like mid-2000s praise choruses done in like i mean these are some like vikings recording this stuff and it's great um that'll cure please, burnout right there. Please, yeah please right. send me that. <laughs> that'll cure burnout yeah right there. just play 16th notes as much as you mm-hmm. can and turn up the treble yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so so i i would do i would do that you know maybe maybe toss a maybe toss a compressor on there just really light compression at the beginning um but uh one of those uh if we're going mid 90s what what are those those bottom boosters uh, ibanez made one and a few others it's mm-hmm. uh just wrecks up the base uh the base frequencies a little bit you know or in mm-hmm. q pedal or, or something mm-hmm. um get it beefy yeah yeah, it's got to be beefy. <laughs> yep, we'll ma- we'll make it beefy. Well, there you go. There's who asked board. that question? Uh, Casey Starnes. Casey Starnes, uh, who is a bit of a meme lord. Uh, now, here's the thing, Bradley. If you played electric guitar, what guitar would you play? I have no idea. I, I mean, I really know nothing. Uh, about don't don't talk about models. Just like think of think of a, a musician, like a guitar player, and like oh, he played a cool mm-hmm. one. Like are you gonna, like Marty McFly from Back to the Future. <laughs> Or, no, I like that. Know, I do like Eddie that Van guitar. Eddie Van Halen or Newfound Glory right there. We found it. There yeah. he is. Newfound yeah. Glory Goldfinger, you know, the hollow three thirty five sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that one. I you know, I don't know. Maybe that looks a little bit Chet Atkins to me though. I think uh, you know, something uh something that looks me, not quite the V. Mm-hmm. Like the V's not me. Explore. Explore, yeah. maybe a firebird. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, a, a traditional like Firebird three style. That's yeah. Bradley in mm-hmm. in the two tone sunburst. There you go. <laughs> there yep. you go. What does it look like? There we go. That that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right there. That's all about it. Yeah. Yep. I love it. All right. Love it. Here to hear first, go. folks. 
Bradley on his Christmas list is a Gibson Firebird. <laughs> Thanks for thinking of me, Casey. Hey, if they made me an admiral, we can make Bradley an electric guitar player. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Oh, boy, um, honey. On that note, thanks for listening to the Westminster Effects Octology Podcast. Go love God, love your neighbor, make some music. We'll see you next week.